And <laughs> you gotta start over. Where do I go, Kevin? I wanna start over. You gotta no. start it over. No, it adds some levity to the situation. Oh my gosh. Okay. Where to go, Kevin? You messed up the intro. Alright, welcome back to episode 5 of our is podcast, it? Kingdom Connection. Conversation? This is our Kingdom Maybe? Conversation. We don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> this is your host, Kevin. I'm here with my co host. Wait, no. God, you got to start it over. I messed um, the whole thing up. We're not starting anything over. I'm going to laugh at this when I hear it again. <laughs> My co-host, Chad, and we are joined today on a special episode of Kingdom Conversation because we have our wives here today. One of much. That's okay. What? What? What'd you say? <laughs> I think he said one of his wives. Yeah. <laughs> He's going Old Testament on us. Oh, okay. Uh, what's David this Sunday? This is my wife, Brittany, who refuses to introduce herself. And we're Hello. also joined by Chad's wife, Jessie. So, we wanted to do something a little bit different this time. Um, and since we have the availability for the four of us to get together on this podcast we thought we might redirect and do uh, a marriage podcast this time so for all of you listening um yeah we're gonna we're gonna get right into this so what uh what do you guys want to talk about specifically you know i hadn't really thought about it i had a couple questions i wanted to go over but um, what are some hot topics that you guys think that people listening to a marriage podcast want to know? Everybody always asks. I feel like this is the number one question. What's the secret? What's the secret marriage. to a happy marriage or a long-lasting marriage? <coughs> I think is one of the top things. And my answer, you know, everyone always says that one of the key things, communication, understanding, compromise. And I really believe, to sum it up, it's I choose him. At the end of the day, he's my ride or die. I choose him over anything else. I, over myself, sometimes over my kid, my work, my family, the only thing that doesn't get picked over him is God. So Wait a minute, you don't pick God over me. No, no. <laughs> that might have been said backwards. The only thing that doesn't he does not come above is God. Okay. And I feel like that's the thing is God being head in our marriage, which we've lived it with and without God. We just have to keep God in our marriage and if 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 we veer off the path, it's really evident when we realize hey god we kind of we need a little work we need a little conversation yeah i think the biggest thing is you have to keep communication of course god the center of your relationship always and you have to keep dating each other you can't stop that dating each other if you get you know to the point where you're just stagnant you're not growing as a couple you got to keep the God center, and I feel like you always have to keep dating each other, too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the secret to a successful marriage, I, I think it's just that it's a secret. Like, there's... 
really, I mean, as far as individual couples and marriages, there there is no. This is the this is Doctor Pyle Snakeel for secret for marriages. Like there there is no rhyme or reason for a marriage to work. It's just right or wrong way. You have to. For one, you can't give up. There is their failure is not an option. Nowadays, I think that's what's plaguing society nowadays is the fact that their failure is an option. You can, oh, I'm sick of this person, divorce. Well, I think there's so many people that don't realize, and this may sound a little harsh, but I think there's so many people that don't realize that marriage is literal warfare. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not, I think that at least in today's generation, when, when people just go into the idea of marriage all willy-nilly, they have this concept that for some reason or another, they're under the delusion that marriage is just rainbows and sunshine. Once yeah. you find your person, right. then it's just great And all that's the time. how movies and make gotta it tell out you to that be. that is a yeah. bold-faced well, lie. You know what's crazier than that? People will believe that marriage fixes things. Absolutely. Yeah. Marriage will fix the problem. If I can just get them to the altar, our problems will be gone. Yeah, but like Kevin says with warfare, and you know, I kind of, I fully back that, but so many people when they get married, they feel like in warfare, your partner is your opponent instead of the mentality of, you know what, we're in warfare together. We're fighting the principalities together. We're a kingdom connection together, and we're headed down this train, this way. And so many times, and so many times, people get married under that false delusion, and instead of thinking the mentality of it's us against the world, like you have to literally have the mentality of I don't go to warfare with my spouse, I go to uh, warfare for my spouse. Yeah, I mean, There's, it's not me against you against the problem it's me and you against the problem exactly yeah. i mean I, I akin marriage to the story of jonathan and his armor bearer they both have two separate roles jonathan being the leader and, and the prince or king um, in his nature and his armor bearer who is that there to serve a purpose for um, jonathan and so without jonathan the servant has no purpose. Without the servant, Jonathan has no weapon. True story. Yeah. So neither one of them can serve their purpose in their role without the other one. That's almost as bad as the nose whistle, bud. I heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm hungry. But, oh my god. <laughs> well, I'm going to say, too, I feel like movies are really bad nowadays about especially for women the chick flicks yeah they portray marriage in a relationship a single way it they knew never fight amen let's stop watching them like <laughs> let's boycott chick we flicks love today okay we're not getting crazy <laughs> we love we're boycotting <laughs> vince vaughn and jennifer anderson right now no <laughs> more hallmark <laughs> okay look it's christmas we ain't right. there Original it's christmas marriage. but it makes it to where we uh, women especially young teenage girls see these movies and they think this is what my marriage and this is what my relationship is supposed to be like and then when they get False. in their relationship and they see okay it's not all rainbows and glitter it's crazy and they don't know what to do man and Kevin both have like um, 
word vomit where uh, word association where if if, if I don't background. if I don't say it now it's like uh, this comedian dude that I watch it's, if I don't say it now it's like a bubble about to burst in my head it's like yeah. but, but you mentioned movies and I agree that's part of it but I think one of the biggest contributors into the false delusion of what a marriage is is also social media mm-hmm. social media there's too much competing with the next door neighbor there's mm-hmm. too much comparison to where you always have the mentality of the grass looks greener on that side. Right. Mm-hmm. And how can today's society compete with itself? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is like our parents, they didn't, our grandparents that are married 50, 60 years. Right. They didn't have that. They had a, a promise with one another and... A, a Bible and let's figure this out. Alright, lovely listeners, I'm going to drop a truth bomb on you. Are you ready for this? The grass is not always greener on the other side. <laughs> the grass is greener where you water it. Mm-hmm. Or where there's poop. <laughs> I mean, in a marriage, you deal with a lot of poop. I'm just saying. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Someone had to say it, you know, uh, leave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, I would say another, another f- factor in, you know, successful marriages is going to be something along the lines of individual happiness. You have to maintain who you are as an individual outside of your marriage, and you have to be okay, be happy by yourself first. Yeah, you have to have an individual identity. Yeah, and if, like, it, it would be unhealthy of me to expect my wife to carry my happiness. For me, to, for me to burden her with my happiness. If I were to, that's basically not only does she have to worry about her own mental state, she has to worry about making sure that I'm okay as well. Like, yeah, you, sh- you should have some sort of responsibility to, to make sure your partner's happy and to, and to be a shoulder to lean on and all that kind of stuff. But if, if you lose sight of who you are and what makes you happy individually, your marriage is never going to work. Like, I've always said, if you can't drive down the road without the radio on and just be in your own mind, something's not right. There's something unhealthy going on there. Because you have to be able to be be alone, isolated with your thoughts, and it not run wild on you. Well, I think some of that comes into different phases in life and different struggles and battles. I feel like there's been times where I needed that silence in that moment. Like, you know, especially like on a drive home from work, I'm thinking, okay, I'm about to, I feel like some days I clock in, I go home and I clock back, I clock out and I go home and I clock back in. Every and then, day. And mm-hmm. then I don't clock out until I go to sleep and then I wake yeah. up into it again. And then there's some days where the added noise and distractions put me in a good mood. You know, I can't right now, being in the time of year we're in, I can't hear Christmas Carol and be sad, you know. And um, That's where we differ. I can, <laughs> I, can, I can hear a Christmas song and be sad. You guys heard Christmas Shoes? Oh, I was talking about that song uh-huh. la- last it. Saturday. I was talking about that song to her, and she said she had never heard it. I still have never heard it. Let oh, me my tell goodness. you oh, what. You're going to make me cry. Mama, mama, mama please. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, um, I just feel like sometimes mentally I can't 
being in my own head because then I just I, can't. I get to tell you <laughs> yeah. that song makes me cry even more now because my mom actually did pass away from cancer. So now I can't listen to that song. Like <laughs> before, I had a hard time. Now I just can't listen to it. I understand. Well, I just feel like sometimes when I get in my own head, it's that's the problem. I'm in my own head instead yeah. of. Well, <laughs> I agree with with you there. Uh, I like, thought you I pointed can, that direction when you said that's the problem. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 Kevin's not the problem. That's, I Sometimes can get I'm my own problem. problem. <laughs> <Right>. It's me. <laughs> I'm the problem. Hi, I'm Kevin, and I'm the problem. Hi, I'm Kevin. I got problem. 99 problems. Kevin's <laughs> all, all of them. them. <laughs> Kevin's 98 of them. <laughs> 91 is this last belt loop. <laughs> all right. So seriously, now I have some questions. For the each of us, for each of us, for 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 each of us, I just want to get everyone's opinion on these particular conversational points. I would like to point out to the viewers, or the listeners rather, I'm sorry, that these conversational points came from my mind, and none of the other three hosts have heard them. So we may have differing. Technical difficulties. Opinions <laughs> on these conversations. <laughs> a mute button here and there. <laughs> and that's why I wanted to do this, because I want to get everyone else's opinion. Mm-hmm. So the first one is, why is it important to pray together as a married couple? Hmm. You should lead. Like, what's your <laughs> Like, if you on, ask these on. questions. I'm Alex Trebek, and we're playing Jeopardy. It's I'll tell you what, I'll start because I asked a question. I think that it's important to pray together as a married couple uh, because, well, for a couple different reasons. I think primarily it helps to um, put an actualization on where you are spiritually together. So when the Bible tells us that we are supposed to leave our family and cleave to one another as a spouse, uh, we become one being. And um, from time to time, we each individually have our own issues. You know, things that we struggle with internally. My walk with Christ is not exactly the same as Brittany's walk with Christ. And so whenever she has internal struggles, or I have internal struggles that the other doesn't know about, I think that one of the key things about praying together as a married couple is we bring those to light. We bring them to one another so that this one being can address it together. You know, so yeah. that, because the the internal struggles that I bring into the marriage are emotional or spiritual baggage that is effectively weighing her down and she doesn't even know it. Yeah. Um, and vice versa. So if we pray together about things not only that we struggle with individually um, and bring those to light and address them together as a, as a single singular unit, uh, but there are also things that we struggle with as a married couple. Um, for example, we want to buy our own house, you know? And so I think that it's best that she and I pray together that God would find... Uh, that would provide provision for us to be able to buy our own home. That's not something that I struggle with individually. We struggle with that as a married couple. Um, but if I'm having a really 
rough week at work or something like that, I might bring it to her and say, hey, look, let's join in agreement together that next week is going to be better or that the next few moments are going to be better or that God is going to intervene in this mm-hmm. particular situation that I'm struggling yeah. with. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be something as far as sitting down and getting on your hands and knees and, and talking to God about it. And in that prayer mindset, you can talk to your spouse about things of a godly nature and come together in agreement about what's going on. So if, for example, if I'm having a hard time or if I'm going through something or if I'm, <clears throat> or if I'm even just talking about what I had read and or, or studying, that, that to me is a version of prayer is coming together in, in, in one mind and one accord and, and trying to delve deeper into spirituality versus just hand-in-hand praying. Because sometimes I, I feel like that's ne- necessary. I think that's, that's a big deal. But I have a hard time with the idea of praying with people face-to-face. For me, prayer is a more intimate, personal thing between me and God. Versus if somebody else is praying around me, I'll, I'll, you know, be respectful of it. But I feel like it's I get more distracted with hearing words, and I have ADHD really bad, so I can't focus on my own prayers. Right. When I hear the words coming out of your mouth, I'm I like, can't think about what I want to I'm say. I'm like, I hear you. And now I'm repeating you. And I'm like, I'm not even I'm, praying. Ditto, bud. <laughs> and so I'm. I have ADHD. ADHD has pl- plagued my brain for my entire life and so so like that like at where if we're at church and I hear somebody saying hey let's pray together I can't focus on my own prayer I can't there's nothing I'll, I'm hearing prayers from every around and I can't focus I'm I saw so just okay okay amen I agree and then so I don't know if that's bad or not I should probably focus better but it is what it is, you know, when you have, it's one of the things that you have to deal with, you know, in your own life, you know, you have ADHD, so. I struggle. I struggle. I'm telling you, I struggle with it. And if somebody's, if we're praying and somebody's tapping their foot, no prayer in my mind. <laughs> All you can hear is tap, 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 All right, well. I think that one of my things is when praying together, why it's important is that it's an act of not only relationship and friendship building, but it's a true act of service and love. Because, there, to me, there's multiple things you can do to show love. But I cannot tell you the feeling to know that you love me enough to take my needs, our needs, our life, to the throne room. Because there are situations in this life that... We can work as hard as we want that only He can do. There's doors. There's there's a path in our life that He has destined for us. And only He can show us. Only He can work it out. And, I mean, I've just seen it too many times in our testimony in our marriage and time together that um, God is... Uh, just really there to listen to us and we kind of I don't want to say we didn't kind of get like you Kevin was kind of the same way 
when we would start trying to pray together out loud, mm-hmm. it's like we would start talking all over each other, and it would be, mm-hmm. I would lose my train of thought, and then I'm over here in a rabbit hole, and he would be out there with the window and the squirrel. And so we would start off with, like, <laughs> it was kind of funny, uh, staring into each other's eyes, and then he's like, can we please close our eyes? <laughs> Not breaking down time contact. Praying. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking <And so>, Latin. <laughs> and, and, so, so, <laughs> and that's the thing is Kevin was like looking at me like, Can we please close our eyes? And I'm sitting there thinking like he's like, it's like the doll on the wall always watching us. And I was like, Okay, I can understand that. So we literally had to build up in our marriage and our relationship with one another and God and including him in our relationship. Starting off with baby steps. So it would be moments of prayer. It would be... He got to the point when we first started, the lights had to be off. We already had to be done reading the word. And, like, we would literally be, like, in the room, just, like, holding hands. And that was it. It was just dead Staring into the dark at one another. Let's pray. <laughs> and, but then, Don't look at me! <laughs> I can see you look at me! But I'm going to tell you something. Through the years and through... The evidence of God, we've got to where we got more bold, like, and more, I want to say, purposeful, more intentive in our prayers and our prayers together, because we started seeing those signs and wonders God can do with prayer, and we were like, oh my goodness, if he's doing this in the dark, doing it like this... What will he do if we start showing boldness? What will he do if we start showing courage and walking it out? And so my husband is a whole lot more reserved than I am. And so... um, And so whenever it came down to it, like we realized we no longer could be reservative in our walk. I don't even know if that's a word. I make my own dictionary. (laughs) But I felt like we could no longer hold back how we tried to connect with God. We've been through too much. We've gone through, seen through, and prayed through too much to sit here and say, we're just going to do this in the dark. Because this isn't something that needs to be hidden. We now have a little one who we want to show her. This is the example You want something done about it? Go to your Heavenly Father. You want to be healed? You want a miracle? You want a comfort? I don't even know. So many needs come into play in life. But He can answer them all. There's nothing too big or too small. And if He can reach us when we were starting out in a dark bedroom... <laughs> like I'm, so, I'm sorry. It's just my reason. There's no, there's no need too big or too small. I just ADHD brain. My first thought was like, God, I'd really appreciate it if you would just help me open this freaking pickle jar. It's <laughs> <And> so like, <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe he wants. Hey, yeah. Um, look, I'm gonna tell you. One time, I was getting fr- so frustrated at work. It's like, God, if I do not get this crown on here right I'm going to throw it and like I mean like three seconds later it went on boom just snapped everything was good didn't even have to make any adjustments I'm like really 
That's all I had to say this whole time. I've been fighting with it for... <laughs> but it, it does. It matters. He listens to us. He hears things. If he can listen to us and some of the things we've asked for... Well, we, don't ask, we didn't ask for small things like opening a pickle jar, which, trust me, uh, look, he's, he's my... Um, He's my lackey when it comes to pickle jars. <laughs> but um, he answered them. He just, he's shown up. He's shown out in our life. Jesse. Yes. Why is prayer important together in a marriage? So for us as Jesse, we haven't really prayed together nearly as much in our marriage. But our marriage has more been like a Bible study, I would say. Like we, we talk about you know, God together, and we'll do our Bible studies separately. I always have a lot of questions, because when I read the Bible, for some reason, I don't know why, but it's hard, like, I'll read something, and I'll get one thing from it, and I'll come to Chad, and I'm like, hey, does this mean this? And he's like, nope. He's like, you got that one totally off. <laughs> he was like, that was, he's like, let's explain it. two problems. She's dyslexic, and she yeah. has a wild imagination. Uh, yeah, I'm very dyslexic very dyslexic but it's I don't know like for me like Chad said too it feels more personal like I don't know I'm still I think, thinking I think that prayer is a vital important vitally important to your daily life and <clears throat> I pray every day uh, but as far as prayer with somebody, it's counterproductive for me because I can't focus on my on my own personal prayer while I'm praying with somebody else. I just can't. There's no. I can't focus. I get nowhere. I get sidetracked. Right. I get distracted. I'm the I same way. And I my too many stimuli. I can't focus. Mm-hmm. And so my my best prayer time, honestly, where I pray the most, is in the shower. Mine's my but, my car. Because or the or the truck when I'm driving, mm-hmm. but that's kind of dangerous. Um, <laughs> but the shower is the best place for me to pray because I can. All I have to focus on is here in the water, hit the floor, and then and what I'm praying about. Yes. Um, but we always talk about what we need to pray about, what yeah. we've been praying about, or talking yeah. about, or thinking yeah. about. But like as far as like praying together, that's been like something that's been a little hard for us to do because we are so both ADHD. Like we hear something, it just completely distracts us, or we hear a tap, and it just we gotta look, or yeah. it makes it a little difficult for us. But I love our Bible study times where we can sit and talk and grow together with the Lord and learn things together. Yeah, but I mean, the Bible says pray without ceasing, and so you're supposed to be in prayer all the time. Right. What's your other questions, Kevin? I got plenty of questions. Go ahead. All right, so the next one is a little bit more uh, controversial, I guess. That one was really kind of an icebreaker situation. Uh, this one is a little bit. They just get progressively worse. Progressively worse. Oh, great. Oh, Lord. Harder, so. Start sweating more and more. So, uh, the next question I had, uh, another hot topic in my mind, is uh, should a married couple consult their parents on marital issues? No. I don't think mm-hmm. consult would be the correct word. And I think as a girl, because I feel personally attacked right now, <laughs> because. I don't necessarily feel like consult is a thing. I feel like more of advice. And I think those are two different things. No. 
Nope, nope. Um, synonymous. Those are synonymous. Um, but at the same time, I look at it differently. Because when I talk to my family or my girlfriends about my marriage, specifically my mom and my dad, they come from a different perspective. They come from a perspective just from my own personal background. They were both married for 30 years. They both got divorced. They both raised me. Yeah, and because they both were married to one another and got divorced from one another. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin. <laughs> but so, so to me, whenever I sit there and I look at it, I see like, I saw it as a kid, some of the do's and don'ts. But then there were also things that were do's and don'ts I wasn't privy to. And I feel like I don't ask for them to consult to actually give me hey, you better do this, as to more of, hey, we hit a bump in the road or this situation in the road. And that's where you hear a lot of older generations say, well, we didn't really go through that, and it's so different now. And everybody, like, and it's like one of the answers my mom gave me. Well, my marriage didn't work. Why are you asking me? <laughs> I, I think one of... Uh... My things would be like, it depends on the situation. Because for me, I get mad easily. I get mad easily over the dumbest things. And it used to, I've gotten a lot better about it. But it used to be like really bad. Like he would blink wrong, I'd get mad for no reason. Okay. But like, yes. But I'll call my grandma and be like, hey, this is what I'm mad about. And she'll be like, why are you mad about that? That's so dumb. And I'll be like, yeah, you're right. And then it's over with. So it's like almost but, good that I'll talk to somebody. But she used to consult her mother. Yeah, I stopped doing that. Her mother <laughs> is unhinged. So that didn't turn out well. But it, as far as, if, if I can't answer your question here. Please do. Um, <laughs> I do need a male's perspective no. on this. <laughs> no, you should not. Simply because... <clears throat> If you want to look at your marriage and, and your familial support system, and now you are planning on spending the rest of your life with this person, and so that means that throughout the rest of your parents' life, you are going to be with this person. Now, you have to keep in mind, every bit of issue that you bring up to your parents, if you are not showering your spouse with compliments and uh, praise to your parents about them, then every time you go to your parents with a problem, that's going to poison the outlook of your partner to your parents. Very true. And so now every time that your parents that your parents hear something about your spouse, they're going to think, they're doing my baby wrong. Mm -hmm. And so now that's going to bleed into your relationship. And now that your parents are going to treat your spouse worse than they would have if you would have just left it alone. Let them keep their perspective of your spouse how your spouse has allowed your parents to keep. Let their character speak for their character and how they treat them affect their relationship and not your interspousal inter uh, boundaries. I would say seek counsel from people that are outside your relationship and outside your family if you or need counseling. God. Well, I, I completely agree with Chad personally from on most aspects. But, I mean, does this, are you talking about this including every aspect? 
My no, thing is, I think I meant more along the lines of like you and I are having like a problem. Counsel, okay. yeah, take not, our problem to your parents and get their yes, perspective no, as opposed to coming to me and not, like us hashing it out. Yeah, no, because like, see, I feel like if we could hash it out, then why would I get mad about it in the first place? And then I feel like if we can hash it out and have it out, then why do I? No, see, because because women really gossip. Yeah, women gossip and they like to talk bad about people. I guess that's why I'm getting personally. Early on in our marriage, when we were having marital issues, I can't count the times that you would say, "Oh, well, I talked to my aunt Regina about that, and this is what she said." And I was like, "Okay." Yeah, I did that. Well, tell Aunt Regina my whole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. My thing is. Why didn't you come to me and tell me that you had that issue to begin with? Because I can, I can, I can speak to the <clears throat> to the mindset behind that. Because I don't want to cause a fight coming to you prematurely. I yes. would rather hash it out before I bring it to you. That way, I have a full perspective. And that's that's wise. That's wise. It's <clears throat> actually biblically. It is if you have a if, as far as in the church goes. If you have an issue with someone, you go to them first. If they will not hear it, you go and bring the elders and address them as a group. But as far as in your spouse relationship, I would say it's the exact opposite. I would say if you have an issue that you cannot resolve in your own mind that still persists to gain a broader perspective, if it is going to be contentious enough to where it can cause a fight. I'm not talking about like he keeps leaving the toilet seat up. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like, this is a serious, I do not know if I can continue this relationship. But how does your, uh, I mean, I, in, in a manner of speaking, I understand that where you get like a like an outsider's perspective or whatever. But, but, outside of family. But, yeah, but how do I, how do I even know that you have that problem if you haven't brought it to me at all? Like, you know well, I'm see, saying? that's the thing. If, if, if I, for example, if I have a wandering eye and I keep looking at women in our relationship, and, it, and that bothers you because you've noticed, then why don't you tell me, hey, just so you know, it really bothers me when you talk about Natalie Portman on TV and how attractive she was in that movie. Like, that bothers me. Yeah. Instead, you say, hey, Aunt Regina, I want you to know that Kevin thinks Natalie Portman was just super good looking and being for Vendetta, and it really rubs me the wrong way. He well, thought the entire movie title too. Well, I'm just gonna be awesome because this was an actual fight we had. Yeah. Like, because I, I didn't play. Like, mm -hmm. like no, we ain't going down here. And I had a big problem with it because I was also insecure with myself. This was a fight we had when we were first. That's where it's. That's where it started from. Yeah, and it was the thing was I was insecure about my looks and his affection for myself, and so I feel like when it comes into something like that. And then that's exactly what my aunt says. Like, okay, did he just say she was good looking, or was he divul like like overly talking about it? And I'm like, no, it just bothers me. Like, I'm just jealous. And she's like, girl, if you do not woman up and <laughs> realize, like, that's a woman that's on TV, and we all we all have those types of like mindset sometimes. Like, hey, they're good looking. You've got to get over that. You, that's a problem within yourself. And mm -hmm. it's a problem within how you look at yourself. It's a problem with your insecurities, <coughs> your jealousy. Um, someone should be able to say, 
there's other women out in the world so that think Kevin's attractive. You need me to tell me like they're wrong? Like, no, you you like him enough to where you're attracted to him, so other people are. Mm-hmm. Just like you. How would you feel? I was like, well, I like it when a guy's jealous for me. She's like, well, that's a heart problem, Brittany. You don't need to do that. That's going to, and, and that's the thing is like as a woman, and I don't know if other women feel this way, but I have to sometimes talk about some of these things, I feel like, because especially when we were early on in our relationship, because sometimes, one, I thought I was crazy. I still am, but in a different way. And I feel like, well, I can't be the only one that feels this way. Yeah. I can't be the only one that feels like sometimes we. I just need to talk to somebody about it mm-hmm. and get me to have a self-reflection man-in-the-mirror moment of, yeah. It's not always about like him saying that to hurt you, yeah. Or him saying that to bring something up in your past. He's saying that just making casual conversation. Why did you not join in and say, "Well, you think she's attractive. Well, my celebrity crush is Chris Hemsworth," and I'm talking about like in Thor, <laughs> Me but <three>. not that Bob Thor. I mean, it's it goes back to as simple as. <clears throat> hunter-gatherers, men and women are different. Women spent time around each other picking berries and bringing them back to camp and talking while they did it. Men went as a group to go hunt where we had to be quiet. But And that's the thing. It's like I, So that's why I think both answers can technically be applied. I think under the right circumstances <clears throat> and under the right subject, seeking advice or women need a dynamic yeah. women need a soundboard to bounce things off of but to round out their perspective men deal with everything here men deal with everything between their ears and they will f- f- have a fully f- flushed out perspective of things before they even go to anybody with it yeah but women won't full, won't have a perspective. They'll have one emotion about something and then s- send that bat signal out. Hey, what, does this make sense to you? Does this make sense to you? How, what, do, what do you think about that? And well, they'll, they'll pick up emotions from everybody else. And that's why I feel like women, and especially women of faith, need to surround themselves with good, yeah. honest, circular friends. Yes. And, and whenever you have family, yes. that you can say, for instance, hey, Kevin said this. And <clears throat> Then hear that, and she didn't sit there and say he was wrong. Yes, but how she, quickly could she have? Exactly, and so to me, that's where you, as a person, have to also decide and discernment. And is this a topic I need to branch out for and just get kind of a reality check, or is this a topic where I need to pray about it and take it to him? Right. Both. That's why Both. I think it's, it's, it's every time. Every time. Yes. Yes. I feel like, and that's where kind of where I was going with this. I feel like you should take it to your spouse. First, say, hey, I want you to know that I have an issue with this. And if you can't come to, if you, if you come to an impasse, mm-hmm. then sure, taking <clears throat> outside guidance is warranted. Yeah. Okay. But the problem is it's never going to be that way. Not, not from, from a female's perspe- perspective, it's never going to be that way. Because if they come to you without fully having their, their ideas processed, 
I like how Chad reason. says that though when two females are in the room. Because he knows. Because <laughs> I know. He's I've, learned, had to, I've had he's to fight. Me. I, yeah. I spent five he's really years, learned four me. years fighting with it. Whenever yeah. I said I'm the I type, I'm the type to where if I don't, if we're having an argument, a problem, let's hash it out right now. And there's I can't, no, there's I'm no too point. angry to do it. There's no I point. Can't have a rational conversation. There's no point in, in being mad for longer than what we have to do because I, I'm hyper fixated. If this is the, if this is what's going on, this is what's going on. And if we're gonna fight, we're gonna fight. And if we're having problems, this is my problem. This is my priority right now. And let's go ahead and handle this. But she's like. And so it's emotions. <laughs> I can't. My whole family, it's aggression. And so I've had to learn to pull away from that aggression. <clears throat> My family is a fight. And I mean fight as in punch each other in the face type fight. We're going to knock each other out before it's over with. Well, and that's sorry, like, Chad. I have to get away no, from it's, that. It's, I'm not like that at all. Emotions ruled the space. Yeah. And so if, if I've learned to let you... Figure out your perspective on things Let me because calm it, down. this could this could maybe not even be an argument right. that we just ha- we just spent four hours diving into this talking back and forth like two bulls or rams button heads where well, we could have just avoided that if I would have just shut up and let you talk to somebody else because I can tell her like for example playing going to the driving range hitting golf balls. <clears throat> I can tell her every bit of technique in the world that I know. I can tell her this blatant. I can write it down and hand it to her on a piece of paper. I can tell, I can whatever. But if somebody else says the exact same thing that I just said, picks it up right then. <laughs> Makes sense. But because I said it, don't register. It, because there's emotions involved in whatever I say. Yeah. Her ears are perked up whenever she hears my voice because I mean something. Well, that's the thing. Is that's I think. a marital state. It is. Like mm-hmm. marital it is. It is. 100%. Yes. Because I've, I've, I've tested the theory with uh, my cousin and his wife, my brother and his wife, me and, him, me and Kevin. I'll tell her and Lindsay something that he had told her before. He's like, what? I've told you that 35 times. He's like, yeah, but he said it different. No, he didn't. No, no, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he said it just yeah. like I did. No, he didn't because we talked about it before you talked about but it. But anything, I, wanted to say I told him. <laughs> yeah, but see, and that's the thing. That's why, that's why I say I feel like there's especially two types of answers there, and that's why you've got to mentally. And just for me, for my answer, I would say yes and no. Just borderline because, and as a female, I do have that emotional like element in there, and then I also have. I don't always make sense, hey. and that's where. Hey. And I, I mean, I'm one of those. I'm one of those. If I can talk to somebody and I can talk it out, mm-hmm. sometimes I even answer my own question. Right. And sometimes I also know I don't need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. On my more serious things, I've learned through the years, and this was one of the things that we did argue about, and asking advice for was when it comes to something serious. We don't advertise that we literally take it into order the way it's done biblically mm-hmm. when we've prayed about certain addictions certain healings that are evident in our family like not us individually but mm-hmm. other members but we've literally said okay we're going to pray about it and then there's been times when we've shared it mm-hmm. with our pastors to be intercessors with it as mm-hmm. well and we keep it very private we, we don't advertise it through social media we don't throw each other under the bus we don't throw 
those members of our family under the bus. We just say, you know what, God, you know the things in and out. The thing is, is I feel like we take away the power sometimes, and I'm saying this even against myself, which will probably get brought up later. When we talk about it (laughs) to other people, we then tie God's hands. And I learned this lesson the hard way, and I've done it. I've learned it the hard way. Each time I've learned it, it's been worse than the last time. And this last time was very personal. And to be honest with you, I realized at that point, if I'm not going directly to God or directly to my husband, then I don't need to be talking about it. Mm-hmm. If I can't <clears throat> just trust it with God, with them, me and God, or me, Kevin, and God, then it doesn't need to leave my lips. I don't need to tie God's hands, and I don't need to give the enemy a doorway in. Because that's the thing, is he seeks and he lurks, and he wants to know, where's that weak link? And whenever we voice it, sometimes we voice it to the wrong people, or in the wrong spirit. And when Mm -hmm. we voice it in the wrong spirit and mentality, as Chad pointed out, it poisons the well. Mm-hmm. And that is not what we're supposed to do in our marriage, in our any relationship or type of interaction we do with people we love. <clears throat> I would say seek counsel, but not to your family. Mm-hmm. Not, not to your family. That's <clears throat> it's it's too close. It's too close, and there's there's too many points of contention if something goes wrong. Right. Your spouse may forgive, but your family may not. Your spouse will forgive you because they love you, because they chose you. Your family, you've been with them since birth. And I cannot choose you. If, um, so if my younger brother, Chase, he starts, you know, getting, starts dating and starts, you know, having a fiance and gets married. And then all of a sudden he comes to me about, some sort of spousal abuse issue. I've only known this woman for however long. I've known my brother my whole life. I will beat that lady senseless. But see, you say that, but I'm going to tell you a funny story. With my family, because they know me my whole life, they literally sat there and told Kevin... We already know if there's a domestic charge, who hit who, and it's not you. We already know who's getting put in handcuffs. And we'll bail her out, and y'all can figure it out, you know? And, you know, because they they know me, and they know how I was. Thank God for deliverance. (laughs) But literally, Kevin, I mean, and that's why I say we also... To cultivate this relationship where they <laughs> trust me and not her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, but also, yeah, it was your wife of... is a reflection of you. It's all oh, covert yeah. work. It's it, your wife is a reflection of you. Yeah. If whatever you are ashamed of about your wife, you mm-hmm. are ashamed of yourself. If you, as a husband, breed peace and compassion and strength and admiration. Your wife will reflect that. If you, if you as a husband breed sensitivity and weakness and hate and vitriol and violence, 
your wife will reflect that not only in your interpersonal relationship, but outside of your relationship as well. And mm-hmm. her in your daily lives, your wife will come home fussing about her at work her work relationships. And she will start fussing about everything going on at church, everything's going wrong. I hate the grocery store. I hate people. I hate my life. I hate my work. I hate everything. Everything everything about it we'll will see. reflect you. And then eventually it turns down into I hate you. Mm-hmm. And, and starts blaming you, you for it. And then it becomes even though, against each other. Even yeah. though the, the battle was fought between her ears, it's your fault. And I'm going to be mm-hmm. honest with you, luckily, we, none of that's ever happened. And it happened happened to us. Oh, see, and that's it happened like, to us. And see, that I felt, because I felt whenever you were speaking, that was from a personal experience. But we, we haven't had that experience mm-hmm. in ours. Luckily, my family loves and adores Kevin. And when it came to in-laws, we have our mild complaints, but we don't have any super big nightmares. We have some funny stories, that's for sure. Yeah. Between between yeah. Kevin's mom and my dad, <laughs> it was a pair. For sure. But, um, you know, it's know. one of those things. You take it in stride. But I feel like we can talk about this topic yeah. For a long time and divulge on it for hours, but I'm sure. curious what this next last hard question is going to be. Yeah, so we talked about this downstairs, but now I want to talk to it with avid listeners. Oh, yeah. Listener. What the listener, the one, one person. Listens the other to person that listens to it is here. So. <laughs> no, that one doesn't listen to it. I do too. He's lying. She has yes, she does, because she said I was country. No, listen. I said you were like a country prep, okay? That don't even make no sense. Look here. No, you're like preppy, but you have a little country twang to it, like a Look southern talk. <laughs> See, exactly. He's preppy. I got the pinky up. Look, so when a man marries a woman, does he become part of her existing family, or does he begin his own family? I think that in certain aspects you have to blend, but <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely your own family. Leave and cleave, biblically anyway. It's I leave and leave and cleave. Like I learned it the hard way. I didn't always believe that way. I was raised with a very close knit. My mom's side and my dad's side were always together for everything, and in fact, it caused issues. Um, for instance, in, in our marriage, through certain situations of my parents coming to us, well, we didn't raise you that way to separate Christmas, to separate this, or Thanksgiving, and you don't need to be doing it now, but to me, at the end of the day, when I took, when me and Kevin took each other and started our own family, we were before God. We didn't go before God and make that covenant with my parents there uh, to be included in it. They were just witnesses. Mm-hmm. I made the covenant with Kevin, only Kevin, to the one true God. And to be honest with you, there's nothing in my opinion and from biblically reading the Bible that should come between us. And if it does, then it's got to go. My own child, me and Kevin struggle with it because it's she's still young. But even biblically, our own child doesn't come between us. Mm-hmm. She has needs and she's young. And so there are certain priorities we put ahead of ourselves. 
but we do not put her above the other. Mm-hmm. We we have to literally, and I know some parents and things may have a difference of opinions, and I promise you, like, <laughs> everyone kind of goes through their own convictions, but I believe I cleave to my husband. He has never, he has never lost my trust in him to where I think I, I, he's always provided. He's always been there. When he leaves for work, I know where he's headed. He's headed home. Whenever he says he's going somewhere, he's never broken my trust. I take it that way. And it took years to cultivate that, being married 10 years, being together for 11. I have been honored. (laughs) (laughs) Jesse, my God. Do not. Don't you dare I have been honored through the years. <laughs> I can't even. Oh, my Lord. Um, we shouldn't have ate before. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take pointers for next time. But I, I just can't um, honestly thank God enough, Kevin enough, to, to have given me that mindset and lessons to be able to make it easy to choose him and say, this is our family, our time, and make it a priority. Because, yes, my parents had their chance. My parents had their chance with me, had the chance to raise me. They did their best. Here I am. Now I'm going off to do my own thing. And if you're included in that, great. But if you don't want to be, or there are times and situations that are reserved for private immediate family like mom dad kids that hey you know what you'll get to enjoy the pictures and that's okay like I, you have to balance that out in my opinion you're I feel like your husband and your kids are always gonna should be your first priority your mom your dad your in-laws those will always be second. Of course, they're very important, but my husband and my son is my first priority, and it's my husband's priority is me and my son. We do whatever we want to do first, and then if we want to include family, okay, we can do that. But that's something that we decide. But we always make sure that we are doing stuff with our in-laws and with my family. Like, we never not include them but if me and my husband want to go have a zoo day with our kid just because we want to spend more time with them we can do that and we shouldn't hear bickering because we didn't invite someone else because there's always more days for zoo days with family yeah you know and for holidays you know if people can't come over for your holiday don't get upset they'll be there next year or you know just you have to make your own family priority first because that's what's most important. Well, in the way that I even heard, like, I've heard some people sit there and say that at the end of life, and I mean, I want to read a story. Let me just read a story. It can tell it better than I can. And this is about an elderly couple at the end of life. And this is what the woman said. She said, don't call the doctor. I want to fall asleep peacefully. 
with your hand in mine. He told her about the past, how they met, their first kissed, and they didn't cry. They smiled. They didn't regret anything. They were grateful. Then she repeated softly, I love you forever. He returned her words, gave her a soft kiss on the forehead. She closed her eyes and fell asleep peacefully, and with her hand in his, love is really all that matters, because everyone comes into this world with nothing other than love, and leaves with nothing other than love. Think about it. Your profession, your career, your bank account, your goods are just tools and nothing more. Everything stays here. So love, love those that really love you. Love as if there was nothing more important in your life. And what that tells me is at the end of their life, at the end of life, it's him. It's him who's holding me. It's him who's taking care of me. Mm -hmm. And Kevin gets mad at me because he has heard my prayers. I've asked God, don't take me anytime soon, but don't take me first because I don't want to. And and I, I I want people to hear my heart in this. It's because I love him and I love our life so much, even through the good, through the bad, through the ugly. I don't want to live life without him. I don't want to figure it out without him. No. I know how he thinks. I know how he wakes up in the morning or how he hates to wake up in the morning. Me and my killings having poop pains. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, like, I just sit here and I just think, like, like I know. And, see, I know how he, he does. He has a pattern. He has a cycle. And I don't want to learn that with anybody else. I don't want to yeah. learn their mm-hmm. ticks. I'm too invested now. Yeah, God's yeah. going to have to take me first, take her first, because <laughs> I, if, there's if, no way. If if I go first, she's going to have a mental breakdown. I'm not. I'm going to be in a mental institution. There ain't no way I'm well, going to handle and it. And Kevin doesn't like it. He's he's literally told me. He said, "I wish you would quit praying that." He's like, "That's unfair to me, and you've been praying it longer and first than I have, so it's probably going to get answered for you first. <laughs> And I said, well, that was my whole plan. If it, if it wasn't for you listening to my prayers, I'd still be... Well, I'm going to start eating McDonald's every day. <laughs> I mean, Try me, God. <laughs> I mean, he did eat four bowls. I'm just saying. <laughs> he did eat four bowls of rice. I mean, hey, you know, it... I don't know. It's... I do want to say one verse um, that I, I seen the other day on TikTok. I watch a lot of preachers on TikTok. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, it's Proverbs eighteen twenty two. It says, He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. And what this pastor had said was, it, this verse doesn't say, He who finds a girlfriend, who he then proposes to, who then makes his fiance, who he then marries. It's he who finds a wife. You have to make yourself a wife first, and then a husband will find you. Yeah. You're acting like a girlfriend, boys will find you. Yeah, I think that's facts. I think mm-hmm. one of the wisest things ever given to me from an older, um, older, elder, I don't know, um, lady. From this old lady, <laughs> this granny who uh, bakes she, cookies. Yeah, she just flat out told me. This is one thing I love about the older generation. They just, they ain't got time to play, mm-hmm. you know. And I wish this generation could. <laughs> Literally, they don't have time. They're about to die. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. She told me, she said, you want to make yourself a good wife? 
you got to start now. She, I mean, and this is because I was complaining about learning how to cook, learning how to clean, learning how to do laundry, and learning how to serve others and keep a household running. And I ain't even had a household. Mm-hmm. And I was getting mad. I was like, why do I got to learn this? Like, <laughs> I'm 19. I don't want to do this. And I, And my mom had been doing it a little bit, but then this woman... Like, really enforced it. Enforced it with wisdom and love and mm-hmm. compassion. She showed me tricks and how to get this stain out and how to get this clean and how to spaz this dish up and right. get some soul and some food. <laughs> and to be honest with you, like, I look at that wisdom she gave me and I look at the men I was dating before that mm-hmm. and then whenever my attitude started changing and shifting... So did what I attract. Mm-hmm. And to the point where I attracted I attracted this hot man who mm-hmm. had a job and used to have a savings account and <laughs> all these things. Um, I'm just kidding. I feel the same way. I told Chad all the time, like, before we got together. And, like, if you look at my, my past guys I've been with, compared to him, complete opposite. Complete yeah. opposite. And I'm grateful for it. I'm so grateful for it. <laughs> See, when we first got together, how um, uh, how we first started talking, um, and one thing that was really important to me is I, I said, look, how I grew up, we didn't have any raised voices or yelling or screaming in my household. My dad wouldn't allow it. He said, if we started fussing or yelling at each other, we were both getting whooped. Like, whoever was fighting. Um, So he said, you know, whatever you say, you can say it in a calm tone, and we can talk it out. Um, And so when I told her that, I said, look, there ain't no point in screaming, fussing, and hollering. It it, it serves no purpose. All we do is get get mad at each other. And that was like a culture shock for her, because her entire family is the loud house. Yeah, <laughs> they could be hollering and he be hollering nice things. I love you. you know, like, yeah, <laughs> y'all get louder with each other. Why scream at me? <laughs> always just saying I love you. Why are you yelling nice things? No, but <clears throat> so you know we. I grew up in a house of nothing but dudes. You know me, my dad, and my brother, and that's it. So we were just like best friends all the time. So we there wasn't no need for no hollering and screaming and bickering back and forth. Like we got in fights. We would throw hands at each other, but that's just boys. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it was a culture shock for her to come into my house where we more quiet toned, more mm-hmm. quiet, more reserved. No screaming, no screaming and fighting. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not gonna throw a cup at your head. You know? <laughs> it yeah. took a lot of learning though, and a lot of conversations that we had too. Because like you said earlier, you had to learn to when I get upset or we start arguing, you have to give me my time to be able to talk to myself and calm myself down to even figure out if it's worth fighting. That was something that we had to learn. Yeah. It wasn't always like that. There were several times where it would get to the point where I was yelling at him, like, I'm frustrated. Like, I'm not given that space that I need. And, like, I would tell him, like, hey, I need this space. And I would say, I don't understand you. Right. He couldn't understand why why I needed that space. But men and women are so different where women are emotionally driven and men are more driven towards logic. If it doesn't make sense to them, they don't understand it. If they well, it to me, it, it's right. It's, it could be backwards. You know, mm-hmm. more logical women are driven to, towards more emotional dudes, 
And that's just kind of the dynamic that happens. Mm -hmm. But me, I am driven towards logic and reason. If it doesn't make sense to me, I need you to help it make sense to me. If if we're making, if we're having an emotional argument, count me out. Yeah. I'm not having it. Well, and and some people also feel, how can I say this? I think a lot of people struggle with that. And that's the thing is people go into marriage and especially in today's time where they don't want to just see it through. Mm-hmm. That was one thing I was raised with was seeing something through. And a lot of people have not received that mentality in today's time. They never had to say, hey, I've got to finish this. I look at it as it's not a competition of him against me. Mm-hmm. It's me and him with God on our side against this world. Right. And biblically speaking, if God is for us, who can be against us? Mm-hmm. If we want a home, that home is ours. Right. It may not come when we want it, but there were so many good things in our marriage and in our life together that have come when we did not think it would. Right. Take our daughter, for instance. I was told I couldn't have kids. I went through fertility treatments. Cried and cried, tried everything in the book for a long time. And then, of course, when COVID happened, we lose our jobs. We find out we're going to lose our home. We find out we're about to go under completely. We just looked at each other and we said, okay, we'll get through this. It's just us. We find out three weeks in to quarantine 2020 I'm pregnant. That's so awesome. <laughs> you say awesome. That, that is awesome. Like, that gives me chills. <laughs> the chills that I have because I'm I know I'm I, I know how it feels to want. Logic was right here at that moment. I had a man's logic. <laughs> That's what I the thought. Panic. As soon as I heard the story, I said, "Hold on now." Uh-uh. No. <laughs> See, I heard, oh, baby. Chad's thinking, ooh, money. I'm going to be a little emotional bills. to it. Bills. No yeah. job. No I house. Bills. It's a baby. Bills. Yeah. Bills. Bills. I'm, I'm, I'm How am I going to feed this baby? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that was that was literally like everything like just flood over us. And, I mean, between being scared half to death and half scared to, uh, joyously, Kevin and I just started saying, okay, God, we're going to give you a whole new faith and a whole new meaning in our life. And when I tell you ever since then <laughs> Kevin just had a baby of his own. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin came back sweating. <laughs> Red face. <laughs> oh, <Lord>. <laughs> My belly hurts. <laughs> okay. We need, we need to wrap this up so Kevin can go home and relieve himself. Oh, my goodness. We got a baby. You just announced that to everybody. You sure did. We oh, cut that out. I ain't ashamed. Uh, like, no, dude, we, ain't, we ain't good for what Kevin was probably. That's my guess. But, um, yeah, we just, at that moment, our faith changed. And I think that's what people also lose sight of is what faith can do in your marriage and what it can show and what you have all the things you hear. But I think, you know, you look at first Corinthians one through 13, it literally gives you a dynamic and what to build your marriage on. It literally gives you, you can't keep record of wrong. You have to be patient. You have to be kind. You have to literally forgive. And you, you have to do all these things but overall, God commands us to love. And 
I know a lot of people always say it needs to be outward to everybody, which I agree with. But also, if I'm going to show all these people, one of Kevin's biggest things with me is you show people your goofy side, your fun side, your loving side. But yet when you come home, you're mean to me sometimes. Like, he's just like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I just feel drained. I finally got to the point where I was like, he's right. Why am I doing this? And I was like, I'm drained. I'm tired. I've had to be nice all day. Mm -hmm. But I can show the man I love that loves me, my true self, without feeling judged or like his love's going to change. But then whenever I saw his face and I realized it had been hurting him, I was like, man, if I'm hurting him by that, I've got to do better. I may not have to put a face on, but I have to pray about it and say, God, it's been a rough day, but help me leave it at that door so mm-hmm. I can come in to love him right. Because mm-hmm. my little girl's watching me. Mm-hmm. She's watching our marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's an example. And I want it to be an example that if she has a marriage similar to ours, that she's proud of and she's happy of. Because this isn't just, it isn't about a wedding. A wedding is literally just the grand like peeking over the hill of what marriage is people spend so much time worrying about that wedding they don't realize you just signed up to the hardest thing you will ever do in your life but it is so worth it if you stick it out also the most rewarding it is because i look back and i think about the things we've been through i look back and i think about the life we've built now to some it's not much we don't have a home. We have, we've been blessed in where we're at, but we don't have certain things that people our age are, and all have that we wish we had. But you know what? God has a reason and a season for us. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't stopped us. It hasn't slowed us down in what God has for us. And we just keep focused on that because if where we're at now can impact and be a testimony to someone else in God's kingdom and bring them to God's kingdom. I'd rather do that just a little bit longer than rush and put things ahead of time on my time frame. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think that's a good place to stop. We're at an hour and ten in, and it's 8.15. Well, I've enjoyed this conversation. I've enjoyed this one. <clears throat> we should definitely do it again. Mm-hmm. I guess we will sign off for Kingdom Conversations. I'm Chad, and this has been Kevin, Brittany, and Jesse. We'll see y'all next time. Next time.